Hello, and welcome to the long-belated Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Ver- Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog, and with me today is... Brandon. Brandon. Yes, Brandon. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we kind of promised we we're going to do more podcasts, and it didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> Life finds a way. <laughs> definitely finds a way. Uh, I'll give you my explanation but, as to why I yes. didn't. So, at the same time I was recording that podcast, I was in the process of studying for the professional certification for becoming a certified public accountant. Long story short, I have finally passed the CPA exam, and now I can uh, act like a normal person doing normal things, which includes (laughs) podcasts. Yes, and how long did that take you to do this? Uh, I started studying for it in June or July of 2017, and I finally passed in late March. See? Two years almost. Almost two full years. Holy crap, yeah. And I got another bachelor's degree, but I guess that's a story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) So needless to say, there was a lot of schooling. Yeah, and uh, Brandon was also busy, so that didn't help. Yes. No, it doesn't help. Children. Dad life. Yeah, dad life. Hashtag dad life. Yes. Once you become a parent, game time kind of goes down a little bit. But. All uh, all that stuff. We've still been playing video games. Just, uh. (laughs) Yes. Just haven't had much time to talk about them. Yeah. So, you know what? Let's just jump right in because, uh, we've been kind of doing the formality thing for way too long. And it's better to just focus on one single topic than it is to kind of jump around all the time. Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, which kind of has oh, yeah. a subtitle, but I think Activision requested that it be there, so it's there. Yeah, because it was supposed to be just the teaser statement, and then it's like, go ahead and keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit strange. Anyway, this is the newest game from uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, who was also the director of the Souls games and also Bloodborne. Because I don't like saying the word Soulsborne because now we're going to have Sekka Soulsborne. I don't even no. know what the heck the portmanteau is. No, don't do that. Don't even do that. <laughs> I think I think you and me were both right, though, when we talked about how this game was going to be different. And I think it finally got to that point where people were like, yeah, this isn't Souls. <laughs> yeah, because Bloodborne is a Souls game. I mean, it, it in name, it's not. But generally speaking, it carries a lot of the same stuff. It even carries stats and all that jazz, right? Yeah, but like Sekiro, absolutely not, not, not even remotely similar in a lot of ways. No, it, it has some similarities, but it's more straightforward. Yeah, it feels a little bit like an Activision game, actually. You can see some of the polish in there. Yeah, there's a little bit of polish in there. I'm not sure if they did any QA testing or stuff like that, but I can say without any kind of doubt that probably it's activision that were like hey you're gonna put some extensive tutorials that people don't immediately return the game because <laughs> there's a Sekiro has a lot of tutorials a lot of pop-up window tutorials that just stop the game and tell you how to play yeah. now do you actually think that was them or do you think that was from software just wanting to do something different and knowing that they were making a different t- kind of game because here's the thing and like we know that Miyazaki took over after a lot of games, but they made a lot of games beforehand too. Yeah, that's true. And if you look at games like Ninja Blade, they like that had a decent amount of tutorials with its 
Devil May Cry meets Resident Evil Six weirdness. Yeah, but this one hack and slashing literally in your face tutorial that you can't miss. Like Dark Souls, you could just wander around and not look at any of the stuff on the ground in the intro levels. Like you, that's true. Wing it right. The game is more about paying attention and looking at stuff. So I think it's an intentional move. But in this game, like if you don't learn these things, you'll like immediately die. Yeah. Because <laughs> you die really quick because you're not a super huge armored dude. You're a ninja and <laughs> yeah. a ninja doesn't want to get hit. Yeah. And Dark Souls, if you mess up, you can most likely save the situation. This game, not so much. <laughs> No, like not at all. This is a game of, I want to say skill, and I I say that because that's basically what it is. Yeah, and I think that's probably why I've had a harder time with this game. Yeah, than you're gonna most games. Up. You level up. Your your stats don't level up. Yeah, Which like I know. I know the get good phrase is kind of somewhat controversial nowadays. But sometimes it does just make you need to get good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's just sometimes what it just boils down to, as hard as that is sometimes. Yeah, actually, we should just probably explain the game right quick. Okay, so uh, Sekiro uh, basically takes place in feudal Japan during the Sengoku period, which is a period of civil war in Japan. And you're a ninja dude. Shinobi. Yeah, who isn't actually named or doesn't have a name directly in the game Sekiro is a nickname given to you by some by somebody else I think uh his name is Wolf because I think because everyone has animal animal names names. yeah there's there's a lot of animal names in this game but uh Wolf is what they call him anyway he's a ninja bad things happen to him three years prior to the start of the game uh most of the game is spent trying to either rescue your master, who is like an eight-year-old boy who has some mysterious power that involves dragon's blood. Although, I guess going into that would involve spoilers, and we're not going to do that right yet. But <laughs> anyway. We're not. Yeah. Spoilers probably later, because it's going to be kind of hard to talk about some things without some spoilers. Yeah. Anyway, the fact that I can just explain it that simply is a huge difference from Dark Souls already. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Find your master, rescue your master, and then do some other stuff to help him at the end of the game. There's, It's really not that hard to f- follow the plot. No, and it's more straightforward in the sense it gives you cutscenes. There's a lot more talking. There's a lot more explaining. Yeah, and everybody kind of says what they mean most of the time. I mean, there's still some obscure stuff, but... Yeah, there's still stuff hidden, still descriptions, but it's way more straightforward than... Dark Souls. Yeah, if you want to just like ignore everything and just like kill everything, you can do that. It's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> and the game. T- yeah, it's a fun <laughs> kill everything game. Yeah, and they actually tell you where to go too, instead of vague hints of where to go. They just pretty much tell you go here. <laughs> yeah, like the NPCs. You know, the first time you talk to them, they'll be like, they'll tell you, "Oh, we have to de- get this objective and whatnot." And you talk to them again, and then they go, they literally just tell you where to go. Yeah. Go here, through here, this passage, this place. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. If you're having problems with an enemy, there's probably someone out there who will tell you how to beat it. Yeah. Or you just like mess around with something or eavesdrop. Eavesdropping is a big thing. This is a stealth game too, not just an action game. 
Yes. So they kind of encourage you to, you know, sneak around, stab people in the back, that sort of thing. Also, running from a battle is not, you know, looked down upon. It's probably actually encouraged if things go bad, run out, reset, and get back in there. Yeah, this is one of the things I didn't know, because I don't know why the game doesn't say this, but if you should hold down the dodge button and you'll sprint. Wait, you didn't know that? I didn't know that for like five hours. <laughs> oh, man. It doesn't really say, so I had a tough time at first. So you're just trying to slowly, casually walk away from people. Yeah, and uh, because you can't run away from things, you tend to fight a lot more. Yes, no, running is key. Yeah, running, you'll be running a lot. (laughs) And we're not talking like the running in Dark Souls, where you just run to get away from things. Like, you actually run and reset encounters and do the stuff over again to attack from a different angle. Yeah, no, this is a straight, like, full-on sprint. Yes. Now, did you ever play any of the Tenchu games? Uh, I played Tenchu 2 a little bit, but I don't think I played much to have an impression. Because I did hear, you know, obviously From did one of the Tenchu games or something like that, and how this was like Tenchu, and how a lot of people say it's pretty much kind of a Tenchu game meets a little bit of Souls. Uh, maybe. Well, I don't think Tenchu has a parry system quite as extensive as this one, though. No, but it was a stealth game. Yeah, because this is this game's strange in the sense that the stealth is technically unnecessary. Hmm. You don't actually have to do it. I mean, you can just like run in and like kill everybody <laughs> or you can, you can run through entire areas and like never fight anything except for the bosses. The bosses are mostly mandatory. And that's the crazy thing about this game is you probably can go through and not fight anything if you don't want to, except for the bosses. Yeah. It's really weird in that way. I, I found that, well, I played it like a souls game. So I was just like slowly stealthing and killing everything and clearing up areas. And then, Picking up all the items and talking to NPCs, right? But you never have yeah. to do any of that. Yeah, I I really do like the stealth though because I think it makes things easier. <laughs> because significantly, like you run out, you reset, and stealth is just pretty much instant kill on a lot of things. Yeah, it's nice. Or for like the mini bosses, it already you know takes their health down by half by taking one of their life bars. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're very much rewarded for being patient and like stealth killing everything. And as I found, well, I guess this would be spoiler, so I'll save it for the spoiler sections because I was going to be talking about a boss. <laughs> save it. <laughs> we'll save it. Yeah, we'll save it because there's a lot of uh, fun things, and uh, we're kind of talking in vague terms about how we feel about it, but we will talk about it later in a spoiler section. It'll be clearly demarcated. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. I can already say how I feel about the game, though. Yeah. You're, you're okay. I have not beat it. You have. I have. How many times have you beaten it now? Uh, Twice? I beat it once on the... Okay, so anyway, this is kind of a spoiler. I beat it once, and then I beat it again at a certain point in the story where an important decision is made. So yeah. there are actually four endings in the game? Yes, four endings. And they don't differ all that much, but uh, I'll save that for later, I guess. Well, I'll say you've beaten it one and a half times. Is that fair? Yeah, one and a half times. Okay, so I have not beaten it. I say I'm probably about, what, a little over halfway, but maybe not three quarters? You're a little over halfway, yeah. Yeah, so I feel I've gotten enough to make an assumption on the game about like how I feel about it, because this game has been... It was brutal for me. <laughs> yeah. it, 
It it's not a bad game. Not a bad game. But this game was probably one of the hardest games that I've probably ever played. The thing about it is that it is not freeform in any way. It requires you to play in a very precise way as the game dictates. Not like I can't go around just spamming R1 and dodge rolling no. like Dark Souls. Now, you can make that look <laughs> Yeah. You can make that look good in Dark Souls and make it look like you know what you're doing, but it's not nearly as precise as this game where if you mess like if I'm messing up in this game, uh there's a good chance that the enemies are really going to make me pay for it. <laughs> yeah, they this game does not encourage spamming inputs at all. Like even just a regular normal enemy could take you out in a couple hits. Yeah, boom boom. <laughs> yeah. It's really fast. Especially in the early game. Actually, I think the early game is the hardest part of the whole game. Yeah, when you're like just trying to learn everything. Yeah, I don't think it's like, much of a spoiler to say there's the chained ogre boss is the boss where the game kind of forces you to actually learn some mechanics and holy crap, I think that's the hardest boss yeah. in the game. Yeah, and that's probably also where it's mostly like Dark Souls 2 is probably early in the game because and I think that the early part of the game, I think, is okay for spoilers because I think a lot of this stuff has been out there for now. Yeah, and it's been in about how to do things. But there's more open paths that you can do in this game, and it goes between bouncing back and forth between areas. And the way that you're supposed to do the battle with the ogre is you're supposed to go do another area, find something for your prosthetic tool, and then come back and fight them. You could be smart like, or you can be like me and then beat your head against the wall 20 or 30 times. First. Yeah. And still, even if you go back and do things, it doesn't necessarily make everything so much easier. No, it just kind of alleviates the margin of error, which is what a lot of the game does. If you're yeah. Attention. And of course, that arena where you're fighting that ogre, he can just one shot you by grabbing you and throwing you off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that basically teaches you how a lot of the combat system works that that fight. Yeah. I think every single boss battle in the game, even the optional ones do teach you how to do something specific. It's very yeah. interesting in that way. And that becomes key for facing bosses later on where there's bosses that will like test everything that you've learned into the game yeah, up until that point. Why we haven't recorded the podcast, even though Brandon and I have had it for a while <laughs> because I wanted him to beat a specific boss. Because I, I think it was the one that kind of makes you go, ah, I get how this game works now. Yeah. And then there's even more of those later on. Yeah, they keep adding stuff. Yeah. And I'm about ready to come up to one of those probably here in the next probably 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I want to I wanna talk about this combat system a little bit more in depth. Because the stealth is kind of straightforward, right? <laughs> you know, you're scoping yes. out your surroundings and then you kill people from above or whatever. But the real meat of the game and the part that I find the most enjoyable is the the combat stuff. Yes, because you love it. Oh, well, my God, I love it. <laughs> it's the I mean, this, this is your kind of game. Yeah, it's. Uh, it took me a while to get used to it. And, of course, if you've played any Souls games, you will have a harder time with this than most people will, I think. Because you're, you're basing your the way you're playing it upon the developer and their past trends, but it really it tries to dissuade you as in many ways as possible from doing what you would do in a souls game. Yeah. Cause I don't know if you were like me, but in the beginning of the game, were you trying to dodge a lot more? Yeah. And dodging does not work. No dodging only when they try to do their perilous grabs. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's the weird thing about this. So in the game, right, you attack enemies and enemies uh, will take a few hits. Right. And then 
when in a certain point in your attack string, they will deflect back. And then it's the enemy's turn to attack you. Then you yeah. have to deflect their attack. So basically deflect is like you would block in most games. So part of the key of the combat is to deflect at the right time because every enemy in this game has two things. So you have a normal stamina bar like you would normally have in like any game. You get hit, you take health damage, right? Yeah. And then you also have posture. So posture is kind of like a video gamey way of showing when an enemy is like tired or that they can't take any more blows because the game encourages you to be really aggressive, right? So you yes. attack, attack, attack. They deflect your thing. They attack you a couple times. If you do perfect parries, which means that you parry at the exact moment or deflect at the exact moment that they hit you, then you're doing posture damage to them and you're not taking any yourself. So, yeah. And then you deflect at the right time and you counterattack at the right time. So a lot of it is either killing the enemies before they can even do anything, which is stealth or just smacking them, or you're just trying to be mm -hmm. as aggressive as possible so they can do as little as possible to you. Yes. And I know it's a lame analogy because it's been used in many games before, but it's like a dance. Uh, yeah. Like it, it really is. It's like more of like dancing back and forth between people who are like, you know, switching leads and who's doing what. Yeah, it's kind of like DDR, except somebody gets stabbed in the neck in the end. Yeah, I mean, because no one wants to play DDR like that. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that was probably the hardest part for me because it's, you know, you want to sit there and spam R1. Like, it's just instinct to just go in there and just hit R1, hit R1. Yeah, no, and mo it doesn't work. most of the times you're not actually hitting them because most of the time the enemies are either blocking or deflecting. So you're very rarely getting attacks on their vitality unless you go like sneak up behind them and hit them. You know, it's mostly just exchange between blocks and hits. <laughs> yeah. And the game actively punishes you for being defensive. <laughs> so when you're doing being really aggressive, the posture stays up. And when you're not being aggressive, their posture recovers very quickly, especially certain bosses. But you can yeah. make it go down if you get their uh, normal stamina bar to about half their posture will keep remaining really high. So then you can build it up again. But most of the time, it's better to be aggressive than it is not to be aggressive. Yeah, because I'd say probably what? A good 90% of the time, you're actually defeating an enemy by breaking its posture instead of lowering its vitality. Yeah, you, you can do it the super slow way. I mean, there's a couple bosses I did it to, and it was mostly because awesome. I was trying to mitigate the risk of getting hit because in this game, it doesn't seem to matter how much health you have. You just die anyway. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So it, I mean, in a lot of cases, it was just better to like slowly go for the stamina chip kill. But once I learned how to play the game properly, it became like sword duels. Mm -hmm. And that's the fun part. That's what's the most interesting part to me. I don't think a game has really captured like the intensity and like single-minded focus of what you like feel like a sword duel should feel and look like in a video game. And I think this one like totally nails it. <laughs> because most of the times you're just going in there with a sword attacking people and they're not doing anything. <laughs> but in uh, the bosses, especially because it will force you to do that. Right. And then you get yeah. used to the rhythm of like attack strings and then it becomes this dance, as you said. Right. Yeah. But then on top of that, they throw in the, the perilous attacks, which is stuff that you can't deflect, which is where they like really throw you off. So they put yeah. like this like red kanji symbol comes up 
and you're like, oh no, what am I supposed to do, right? Oh yeah. And there's actually three different responses because there's like, there's it's sweep, rock paper yeah, scissors. It's, it literally is rock paper scissors. So there's attacks that are sweeps, and you have to jump over those. And then there's attacks that are grabs, which you're supposed to dodge. And then there's attacks that are thrusts, which you're also supposed to counter with a specific counterattack. Yes, which if you don't beat the game with that attack, I don't know how how you did it, but mad props to you if you did it. Yeah, it's it's uh, called the Makiri counter, and you're pretty much going to want to take it. Yeah, it's one of the best things in the game to have. Yeah, and it breaks posture really quickly. But that red attack thing, it took me forever to get used to. Oh, man. I can't even tell you how many times I jumped when I'm supposed to dodge and then dodge when I'm supposed to parry. <laughs> yeah, and they give you little tells of what they're going to do, but the reaction time that you sometimes have to have. Yeah. Or you'll get a, or you'll get an enemy that disguises their sweeps when it looks close enough to the, the thrust, and then you hit the wrong button. <laughs> yeah, and like your your brain just freaks out because you get yeah. the same, you're getting the same sensory res- response in your brain, right? But you're not sure yeah. what thing to do. And like, I didn't notice this. It took me to watch, uh, watching videos on YouTube for this uh, YouTube content creator that I watch. And he's doing get good guides. And I didn't even know that some of the enemies with swords, like the bosses and everything, they have a little tiny flash on their blade that you can see what they're going to do. But it happens so fast in real time, I never noticed that until like he slowed it down and showed it. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it actually like, does reward being observant. Like Dark Souls, but the thing is the ob- observing and then looking at it and perceiving and reacting all have to happen really fast. Yeah. Where Dark Souls, it was probably easier because you're reacting to a full big movement set. Like you're seeing someone make a movement and you can react, be like, okay, this is the attack that's coming. Where this one, it's like there's just a tiny little glint at the end of the blade. Yeah, you gotta study your opponent. Yeah. It's it's cool. I mean, like I've never had to like do it in a video game like this before. <laughs> Especially I can just there's no way to get out of it. Like you can try and dodge all you want, and most of the enemy attacks have tracking. So like even if you dodge, you have to dodge at like exactly the yeah. right time and it has to not have tracking to your location. Yeah, the easiest thing to probably do is if you're scared, is probably just jump back and out of the way. Yeah, jumping actually does help a lot. Yeah. I mean, the thing that sucks though is with the counters and everything and, and why you want to do them is because it, it is the big chance to get, you know, big posture damage. Yeah, pretty so much any time a perilous attack comes up. Most of the time. Just not close. Yeah. yeah, so if you're if you're getting out of there, you're not doing anything. Like you're not doing posture damage, or if you dodge from a grab, you're not able to get your free attacks in and like lower their vit. Yeah. <laughs> so it actually just kind of hurts you by doing that, but also sometimes I'm sitting there in a battle. And I'll jump back, but I'll be okay because that means I didn't take any damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, on the other hand, right, I, I think a lot of this encourages you to, like, study your opponents. So you can do, like, test runs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you're doing a difficult boss, you can just, like, do the phase and then just look at what they're doing. And then you go, okay, I get it now, right? Because the, the it, penalty for death's really not that high. No, not at all. It's very lenient. Like, super I mean. Lenient. Because you earn skill points for like any enemy death that you have in the game, 
But once you get up to a ranking, because you build up and then you get one point, then you build up to get two points. Once you reach that hard cap, you don't lose that point. You only lose the half the experience of like, you know, that bar that you're currently working on, which is very generous. For gold, you lose half your gold. But there's vendors and stuff that allow you to buy purses for like a 10% upcharge, which basically is like a bank and you can keep your money. So if you have a lot of money, you go buy some purses, put put them in your inventory, and then you just mitigated your you know, losses on death. Yeah. I thought the money pouches were really cool. Cause I was like, I don't want to spend the money now, but I can pay a 10% fee to use it later. Yeah. And if you, if you're going in to fight a boss, you're sitting there like, you know, I should probably, you know, farm up to get the skill point and I should probably put my golden money bags. Yeah. So you don't, you never kind of lose anything in this game unless you're yeah. like being really dumb. <laughs> yes. The only thing is, and this probably isn't really a spoiler. The only downfall to dying is, is the dragon rot. And, uh, the dragon rot is basically a, uh, it was, it seems like a way to kind of incentivize players to not die so much, (laughs) but I don't think it really works. No, but I think it plays along with the story for like the story implications. Like it makes sense. Yeah, it's of why it's in there. It's neat for story purposes, but the only thing it does is that if certain NPCs are afflicted with Dragon Rod, it prevents certain quest lines from progressing. But I don't think NPCs can die, or if they can, it takes so many deaths that I never saw it. So yeah, and later on there is a story way to end up curing it as it goes on. Yeah, so uh, t- don't feel bad about dying. Like. 40 or 50 times I did yeah. that and nobody got afflicted with dragon run until like 40 or 50 yeah. deaths. It, like it takes forever. <laughs> and then I actually didn't know this and it was kind of confusing me at first that I thought it was if you died and used the resurrection and then died again, that they got dragon rod, but it was actually just the initial death. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, video game journalists also thought that was the case. Cause I read a bunch and they're like the punishment for taking the res is making people sick. <laughs> And it turns yeah, out, because yeah, only actually dying, like for yeah. real, is what causes dragon rot. Yeah, so even if you don't use the res and die, it actually can cause it. Because I think I want to say I read somewhere that you shouldn't use the res if you don't think you're actually gonna like win the battle because of like the whole dragon rot thing. That you know sometimes you just cut your losses there. Yeah, no, it yeah. Out, you just use them indiscriminately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't really give you an advantage in most boss fights or certain ones. I remember I would res and then the boss would immediately attack me and I'd die again. <laughs> so it didn't yeah. really help. But yeah, sometimes you got to wait till they're like a little bit of ways and then you just like back up super quick. Yeah, so it, it can be useful sometimes just to get that last little blow. Right. But most of the time you just don't want to die. <laughs> I know just from talking to you over the past couple of weeks that you just fell in love with this game like really quick. Yeah, this is like, my combat system. This is my setting. This is like all the <laughs> things I like in video games. Yes. And I will say that after, man, I don't know how much time I've put into it now. I'd have to go back and check. But I I spoiled the game for myself because the game was hard for me that I needed like I was mister looking up walkthroughs guides you know trying to get good because i want to i'm not sure but i think you know the thought may have crossed my mind i was like sitting there like am i actually going to be able to beat this game (laughs) because it was really tough for me 
So I was like, you know what? I'm still at least going to play the game. I'll, you know, look at guides kind of like have, you know, because I don't buy players guides no more. Yeah. <laughs> so you like you see the stuff online. But after talking to you, other people, you know, seeing a walkthrough of the game, I finally feel like I'm actually understanding the game. Yeah, it's kind of like Souls in that way. I mean, this is the first time where they've made another game where everyone thought it was something that it's really not. And so, like, disseminating and sharing information is actually useful again. Yeah, and I know some people, like, get upset at others for, you know, looking at guides and, like, spoiling things for it. But I think it probably helped me at least enjoy this game a little bit better because... When I played a little bit last night and I took out a couple bosses, like I feel more confident now going into battles and going from area to area. Like I feel more confident and yeah, I already know what to do, but now I actually still have to execute like, you know what I've been shown and like understanding this. And I, I feel less tense, (laughs) like going and trying to do these things now. Yeah. I was super tense first playing the game. I have no idea why. I think it's just the speed of it at first. It's your brain trying to reconcile how to play the game at the same time is everything's going really, really fast. Yes. That happened to me at the first, like I gave myself like a wrist sprain. Like you just want to rush in there and keep hitting R1 and try to make sure that you take them out before they do anything for you. Yeah. And that is like, bad <laughs> it feels like a ninja gaiden game but it's not really a ninja gaiden game and it feels like a souls yeah. game but it's not really a souls game it's like kind yeah. in the middle and it's weird <laughs> yeah i will say that i think the game has slowed down for me now that i've like seen all this stuff yeah i've can, seen the boss videos and everything. yes i can go in there and i can know and be like okay r1 r1 wait deflect you know like i can do that and it just makes me Way more confident now. Yeah, I'd yeah, I suppose. Um, when I'm trying to figure out, wh- so when I beat the boss that um that you you the one I told you to beat before we did this, that's when yes. I like, I like I get this game now. See, and the funny thing about that is, is when I finally because I tried once I got to that boss, I tried it a couple times, and then I think I was talking to you when I got there, and I think you gave me the hint of like you know just go explore more. Yeah, that like go back. Yeah, go back, you know, get some prayer beads, boost your posture and vid. Just just go explore. And I went and I did that for a while to the point of like where I would unlock bosses. And then it got to the point of like, okay, I have these bosses available. I have to do one. Yeah, pick one. So (laughs) and then when I finally went back to do that fight, I think it only took me two tries to do it. Yeah, it's amazing what a lot of experience can do. (laughs) Yeah. And when I was sitting there, like the first time I did that fight when I first got to him it I don't think I got past the first phase (laughs) yeah it's like nuts right it's so weird this game more than any other game that's been like this is I would like beat my head against the wall on a boss and then I'd be like okay I'm done right and then come back the next day and I would just like nail it in one one go and it would just be like so satisfying (laughs) yeah and it's that was like I was really like happy when that happened. I was like, wow, that only took me two times because, you know, I'm not going to lie. Also, I fall into the trap of if I get frustrated at something, I will sometimes cheese enemies or certain bosses. It's legit. <laughs> I mean, it does work. And like, because I cheese. Uh, I'll have to wait till we get into the spoilers and we can start tossing out names. Okay. <laughs>
So I don't we'll want to say toss that. out names yet because I'm not sure how many people have actually finished it yet. I'm sure a lot have. Yeah. Maybe some even listening to this, but I, I'd rather be cautious, <laughs> right? Yes. And I will say, like, if we're going on the overall thing and like the playability and just all this, I still don't know if I would recommend this game to many people. I think I would have to be one of those, like, you know, you have to understand probably what kind of games they like. And then you'd have to be like, you know, well, I could recommend this to you, but, you know, here's what you're getting into. Uh, on the other hand, right? This game is sort of like Souls, but it doesn't have any of the things that make Souls games really hard to and inaccessible to, for most people. So, like, you don't have RPG stats. You don't have, like, slowly going through areas and such. Yeah. You don't have a soul system, weird, complicated quest lines. Yeah. There are a lot of things that make it more accessible and obviously the ex- extensive mm. tutorial, but the difficulty of kind of like getting in the mindset of the game is still, I would say, kind of a barrier to entry. You know, there's a lot of souls people out there that don't like this game because they think the game is, uh, for lack of a better term, they think it's a bunch of BS. <laughs> like the enemies and like just a lot of the things going on in it. They think it's a lot of BS garbage just to be kind of blunt about it. I can see that. And, and I don't know if they are expecting it to be a souls game, but there's a lot of people like sitting there, like seeing that, like the difficulty of this game is they're saying it's just way more garbage than just like actual, like skill and everything like that. Like, with some of the early bosses and mid bosses, like it's just, I guess kind of cheap. Probably how they feel about it. It's interesting. They would say that because (laughs) I would say like the exact opposite, but I can see and understand what they mean. Cause it's just not a souls game. That's what is the big striking thing about it. Yeah. And I trying something like really new. And I think you and me, uh, did we ever release the podcast where we talked about? I don't think we did. The Soulsborn? Okay. Well, in this unreleased episode of a podcast, <laughs> Zach and I talked about Soulsborn games and how a lot of games were getting called to be Souls like, and it kind of grinded our gears. Yeah, because it's like and, way too many. Yeah. And this was before Sekiro came out, and we were we brought up the point of like everyone was gonna want this to be a Dark Souls game. But even going into it is you knew it wasn't going to be a Dark Souls game. And from software did this whole job of explaining you like this isn't going to be a Dark Souls game. But yet people probably still wanted it to be a Dark Souls game. Yeah. And it's honestly your own fault if you're disappointed that it's not a Dark Souls game. (laughs) And that's kind of where I felt bad for from software is because they kind of like got painted into a corner with dark souls and bloodborne where now that's all people expect from them and all that they want them to make. Yeah. Well at the same time too, they're kind of in this enviable position where they get like all the money (laughs) and and Activision will actually publish something for them. That is totally not something Activision really would ever publish. No, no, and that's the good thing. And that's why they also like brought up why they went with Activision. And I think one of the things was, is why they went there is because Activision supported their, you know, their vision to do something different. And also 
they just like they were going to have like a total hands off approach. They were going to let them make the game they wanted to make. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's like okay, I'm going to make something, and I have lots of money. That's basically what From Software yeah. is doing now. And a lot of people hate Activision, but that sounds like the most like anti-Activision thing to do because everyone thinks Activision just gets in there and ruins everything. Yeah, I, I think in this case it's more of a uh, Activision comes in right. So they're the publisher; they hold all the money. So they come in, they go, "Oh well, you made these Souls things, right? We don't really get how why they work or why they sell well, so we'll just let you do whatever you want, and not mess it up." Yeah, and I even think that they said that they pitched the game to other people, and Activision was the one who stepped up and like, yep, go ahead and make your game. We won't do anything, but we'll give you the money. Yeah, and I think this is also a reason why I'm not anticipating a Bloodborne 2 in the near future, is because From Software can literally do whatever they want now. I mean, their games consistently sell 2 to 3 million copies at least. Mm-hmm. And then they probably have a long tail far beyond that. I don't even know how much, yeah. but... But they get and also, to do whatever they want. I don't really think we need a Bloodborne 2. And now, granted, Bloodborne's also my least favorite from software game. Yeah, and you'd kind of be in the minority with a lot of people there. Yeah, I am. But I'm also weird. But I think people also understand why it's my least favorite when I explain it. Yeah, yeah. It's in a prior podcast somewhere, <laughs> I'm sure. But it's also a game that the way it ended, it, like it, it doesn't need a sequel. It's it can stand itself. well enough on its own. Yeah. Now, granted, cool. like, they just kind of threw it out there, right? And they're like, okay, this is this kind of game that's like Dark it, Souls, but not. And isn't that what a lot of people want anyways? Because everyone always hates that there's always a bunch of sequels getting made, but yet everyone wants the second Bloodborne to be made. Yeah, I don't really understand that. <laughs> I mean, now, granted, Dark Souls games didn't need sequels either. I'm glad that they got them, but I think there's a lot of games out there that... They don't necessarily need sequels. Yeah, I don't even think Dark Souls really needed a sequel. I think they would have been better off if they branched off first, but uh, Bandai Namco really likes money. Yes, and it worked out for them in the long run. That's true. (laughs) And it worked out for me in the long run, because the third one's probably my favorite one. (laughs) Yeah, the third one is a fun pastiche of basically Dark Souls. (laughs) Yes, I love it. That's that's my jam. But anyways, (laughs) so... I'm glad that they were able to make something different. Yeah, and I hope they don't like make a sequel to this game in the near future. Well, can we talk about that in spoilers? Because I have some, you know, thoughts on that. Okay, well, here we go. We're gonna just uh, chop it off right here. I think we talked about enough about why we like the game. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear my thoughts anyway, uh, and you wanted to hear our thoughts, you've probably already heard them in extensive detail. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my recommendation is like, seriously, I would recommend if you are up to it, please buy it. Make me happy. Yes. Zach will proudly champion this game. Yeah. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I'm a little more hesitant, but it's still a good game. I just find it really tough. Yeah. Which is, (laughs) uh, you know, not a bad criticism at all. Yeah. But it's still a good game. Would I recommend it to a lot of people? Maybe not. Like if you're if you like difficult games, if you liked the Dark Souls games and want to try something a little bit different, then you're probably going to like it. Yeah, but you can always wait for price drops. That's true. But I'm just saying I will also toss out the little asterisk to be like, but also don't put too much expectations into it because you don't want to be upset if it doesn't 
play out to how you want it to. Yeah. <laughs> it is a game where you have to play the game as intended. Now it's time for the goods. Now it's time for spoilers. Woo, woo, all that stuff. <laughs> anyway. This is where you put in a sound bite. Okay. So, for the ending, are we just going to skip right to the ending, or do we want to talk about... Uh, which ending? <laughs> okay, I think it's actual the true ending, because you're just talking about sequels and everything, so I think this is like the ending that they would actually want you to get. Okay, if there was a sequel, right, there's only one ending that actually kind of lends itself to a sequel at all. Yeah, yep, and that's the one where the Child of Rejuvenation and Sekiro go off to the West. Yes, which would be really cool. <laughs> yes. I also, I guess that's a nod to Journey to the West. I think they said they're going to the East. So I guess that means. I, th- I think they said West. Is it West or East? I think it's West. I thought it was East because I was like, oh, maybe like India or something. So, but anyway, so that would actually be kind of cool because then it's like. It sets itself up where they don't need to do it, but they left the door open, and I think that that would be a really cool direction to go. Yeah, because the other endings do not. Um, <laughs> they do not lend themselves <laughs> to sequels, or very good ones anyway. <laughs> also, do you think we're getting DLC? Uh, I was hoping we we're going to get DLC, because there's a lot of... In the same way Dark Souls kind of leaves little things here and there that would lend themselves <laughs> to a DLC... Uh, now, are you are you of the thought that you're going to the underworld in the DLC with that uh the blade that the dark blade? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not sure if you've heard this name before, but they always talk about this guy named Dogen, and he's like a yeah, the, craftsman, yeah. And then yes. also Lady Tomoe, who you may or may not be familiar with. That's the lightning stuff, right? The lightning lady, and Takeru, who was the <laughs> Dragon Air before Kuro was, right? Yes. Though all these people, I don't know who they are. <laughs> they're kind of like talked about, but it's in the same way like uh Artorius was talked about in Dark Souls, but you didn't really know who <laughs> he was. Yeah. The other like I've heard people toss around the theories of because you get the mortal blade, and then there's the the counter blade, the one that Genichiro gets. Yeah, you know the funny thing about that, right? Because I was like searching around so i after i beat his specific well this is spoiler territory do you know who you fight yeah. at the top of ashina castle number two? yeah okay you already know who i was yes okay anyway so after you beat him right <laughs> if you walk over to where ishin's tower is and you, yeah there's a chest there and you open it up and it's like it talks about like the second mortal blade and i was like what the heck there's <laughs> like a whole <laughs> little scroll and like what are they talking about yeah. Yeah, and then it like literally explains what happens at the end of the game. Yeah, and cuz what? I think it's like the description for the thing that blade is like it slices open like a path to the underworld or anything. And that's pretty much cuz how I just saw the the last boss battle okay, so and uh, uh, sword saint. <laughs> yeah, and I saw how weird that is, but it's kind of like cuz I think they're trying to like explain it cuz I had someone else like trying to explain the weird stuff that happened at the end. Like how he comes back younger, but how that, like what that blade did is it created a path, like to the underworld, and it brought back that you know brought back Ishin. Obviously, he was younger, and probably one of the reasons why he actually had to go to try to take out Sekiro is because that's kind of like part of like the pact of like what that thing is with like the sword. Yeah, I mean it makes sense actually. (laughs) 
It's it's not really it, that ambiguous, which is cool. It just kind of happens, yeah. though. Yeah, I can understand. Like when I saw that, I was like, "Weird!" I was like, "What is going on?" And then, like all of a sudden, he just pops out of him, and he he's got a sword and a spear and a repeating pistol. Yeah, boy, he just pulls that pistol out. Of him. Man, that fight is so much fun. Yeah, I hear the endings just just fun. Yeah, that fight is uh, the culmination of everything you learn in the rest of the game. So, so have you beaten all the bosses? I have beaten every boss at least once. Yeah. So, how was the demon of hatred? Uh, it was a souls boss that was somehow dropped into this game. Yeah, I hear that's probably the hardest boss in the game. I beat the demon of hatred before I beat Sword Saint, so I just kind of sit on it. You know what? It's if you treat it like a souls boss, it's really easy. Like you just like, you just get up on him and just hit him. Yeah, you just want to not get hit by fire. That's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, I saw that fight, and I was like, wow, that's just kind of brutal. It's because he has three health bars. It's more of an endurance fight than anything else. I, yeah. I think you can... I have no idea how to break his posture. I'm sure it can be done, and somebody probably has done it, but I did not. You're like, I'm just taking out his vitality and just trying to win this fight. <laughs> yeah, because I had 40 prayer beads, like, even then, or at least close. Because I didn't get the one up in the rafters right next to where he is. <laughs> so <laughs> I was one down there, and... I was just like, I'm going to kill this boss, but it, it took a while. It's like 10 tries or something. Well, that's still not bad, I think. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. It's just, there. and the one thing that really messes you up is the grab attack. He, like, does this, like, weird running animation, and it, like, doesn't look like a grab. And the hip also, like, his, also his fire attack where he, like, spits out fire for, like, a huge part of the battlefield that you have to try to get out of. The one where he throws fire from afar is probably the attack I got hit by the most <laughs> over and over again because I'm dumb. <laughs> and his attacks hurt. Yeah, they hurt a lot. But you can, if you're in close, you can parry a lot of the stuff he does. So it's not too bad. So who's your favorite boss to fight in the game then? Oh, man. Uh, well, Jenny Chiro, obviously, is the one that taught me how to play the game. So I got to put him in there. Uh, what other bosses are in there? I think everything after Genny Chiro is like fantastic. Really? Boss, yeah. All of them. And uh, Guardian oh, I- Ape, the first one, is really good. Much approved. Uh, what other ones? I'm Lady- getting ready to fight the Guardian Ape soon. You know what? Lady Butterfly was like, eh. I, I think a lot of people had trouble with her, but literally the game has a pop-up that tells you exactly how to beat her. It's bizarre. Well, there's that, but also, I think the fact that, one, I think a lot of people wanted to use Snapseeds, and you only get, like, one or a couple by that point. Yeah. You don't need them, because I ended up beating her without Snapseeds, but also I cheese that boss because you can do the night jar slash and just stun locker and that's what i did this is what i did dodge attack dodge attack dodge attack dodge attack dodge kunai when she jumps literally yeah and kunai when she uh jumps up in the air yeah literally the whole fight yeah so it wasn't bad but boy was that a hurdle for me especially because you can make her the first boss in the game yeah (laughs) or you could fight her later on and make it a lot easier because you can either go for uh, what's Gyobu or her. I got all the way to her, right? And then I got all the way to Gyobu and then to Ashina Castle. I only fought her once before that. And I was like, I'm going to do this later. <laughs> and then I went further, yeah. right? And I got to like Ashina Castle area after the bull. And then I was like, yeah, I'll go try her again. And I like one shot at it. So I don't know. 
I just was aggressive, yeah. and that pretty much sealed the deal. She didn't even get to summon the guys in the second phase at all. Oh, wow. That's pretty nice. <laughs> well, I figured out where she spawned, right? I just looked. I just yeah. got there, and I just kept the pressure on, and she never got to do anything. I would hide behind the pillars because you could be protected behind that, and then she would just make them go away. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising how how bosses kind of crumple if you know what to do and you're super aggressive. Yeah. Now, I will say, like, there has been a couple things I've cheesed so far in the game. She was one of them. Like, and I did, like, the super cheese method, just Nightjar Slash, because you can just spam that and stun lock her. Yeah. And I, and I still almost speed. died in that fight. Don't I still almost speed. failed. That one, I'm not sure. I've seen, like, a bunch Make of sure. cheese methods. You can cheat well, I think boss in the game, I think. I think for her, though, is, like, you don't, they don't have to, speedrunners don't have to fight her. Oh, yeah, I guess they don't. So there was that, and then Oren of the Water, I cheesed that fight kind of semi. I I didn't full-on cheese it. So there's a method with her. So obviously, did you do the stealth blow on her where you jumped on her head? <laughs> I did it in the second run. The first run, I just uh, just deflected everything. That was it. The fight kind of goes really quick if you yeah. have enough prayer beads and do enough posture damage. That's pretty much it. See, I was having problems with that because I would just keep deflecting and it would just keep getting worked down on her. And it was just kind of annoying me. So, all right. If you, I, I would jump on her and I'd get the stealth blow because why not get the, get the free health blow. Okay. And then if you run over to the end of the bridge, she follows you. But then she like kind of doesn't attack unless you like attack way more times than you should. So you could sit there and hit her like, you know, one, two, three times go around to the back hit her, and you could work her health down. So I think I worked her health down to the point of like where her posture could just kind of stacked. And then I went back to the arena and fought her normally. Huh? Well, I mean, that's a way to do it. I think Yobu <laughs> can make him run off a cliff among other things. Can you really? <laughs> I saw some guy. He did some kind of weird thing where he jumped onto on top of the door that he unlocks when he ties and then ran yeah. off the other side. And then Yobu just like ran off the cliff and died. Huh. And then it said Shinobi Execution. It was like, okay. I want to try that now in New Game Plus. Yeah, see, this game has a lot of fun <laughs> stuff. Especially, it's great for speedrun. <laughs> I can tell you that. Now, I also fought the Corrupted Monk last night again. and Oh, the... Um, that was the, the, fate. the false one. Oh, yeah, the false one. Okay. So, with that one, like I knew after like a couple tries going into it that... There's a couple things to help make that fight easier, like snap seeds help because it kind of stuns her and it gives her some vitality damage. Yeah, that part I saw, I was like, wow, this is really easy if you know how to do this. Now, snap seeds, now it's not totally a full on cheese. Now, obviously, it's an item that you can use in the game because you can only use like three of them before they, they lose their effectiveness. Yeah. And so I would try that and every run that I did with the snap seeds. Like it didn't work. And I ended up using my last ones last night, my last three. And I can't get to the point of where I can buy those openly until later in the game. So I pretty much ran out and let's see, like I know you can like stun locker with fistfuls of ash and firecrackers too. Yeah. I, I know there's like, you can cheese that boss, but it really like won't help you because <laughs> like playing that boss normally helps you learn the patterns for the next version. Yeah. That's why. So, anyway. so last night it, I think it was two tries. So I did the one and 
I totally messed up on this first fight. So I did the snap seeds and everything, and it was going good, going good. And I ended up using all my healing stuff, but it was getting close to like, you know, that I might be able to do this. So I was about ready to die with my health. So I used a bite down and resurrected. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I did that. And I think I I got taken out again because when you use a bite down, it doesn't use your resurrection charge. So I used my resurrection after that. And I was like, okay, I got to do this. My health was getting low. I was out of pellets. I had no healing, but I still thought I could do it. And I used another bite down because I thought I could come back after that. But since I already used my bite down the charge, I couldn't res again. <laughs> so I pretty much just ended the fight. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like that sucked. <laughs> so I wasted all that stuff. And I was like, oh. little too crafty. Huh? Yeah. So I had no more snap seeds. So I decided to go back in there again and I equipped the fistfuls of ash and uh, had the firecrackers on. So, so death. no, I didn't spam. I didn't spam because I still wanted to kind of actually do it. And I kind of like, I went in there and I would use the fistfuls of ash, which you can only use 10, but like, you know, unlike the snap seeds, you know, it just stuns her and you're able to get like two to three hits, which is like minimal damage that you're able to actually do to her when you do those two, like two, three attacks. So I kind of went through those and then I would use the firecrackers to like, just kind of like break up the action. Like, you know, I would sit there and deflect, deflect and kind of attack, but I would also use them to break up the action. Yeah. And I think I was using the long sparks, which you get like, I think it's two spirit emblems per use. Oh, so, so you can only use it like eight times. So even still, I ran through all my consumables for that and I still had to fight the good second half of the battle the normal way I still had to just deflect, deflect, you know, Makiri jump. And I actually did it. And I was like, Oh man, I can't believe I actually did this. You know, most of the time you don't think you're good enough to do it. And then you actually are. I was happy. I was like, Oh goody. I did it. And I'm like, ah, uh, it's only going to be harder from here on out. Cause now I have to go fight the guardian ape. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to fight true corrupted monk after that. Whoop. I've heard that that fight's easier, though. Uh, it's easier if you know how to get the stealth death blows. but um, Yeah, the stealth in the second phase where you can jump from the tree. <laughs> yeah, but it's really precise. Like, I got it once, and that was on my winning run, but like, it's kind of iffy. <laughs> so how are you supposed to do it, then? Because it looked like you can just get up in the tree and just do it. You have to run like real fast and precisely and at the exact time, and then jump. It's definitely hmm. like a speed run sort of thing, but... If you get one off, usually that's pretty much enough. And she yeah, has so many more attacks than the corrupted monk did. So yeah, because I've heard like the first phase isn't that much different, and it's easier to stack posture on her. Second phase, you just go up in the tree and get a stealth blow, and then the third phase, you just avoid the poison. Yeah, well, it's it's a really fun fight. So in any event, I mean, the setting is really cool too. Oh, the bridge and everything yeah, with the that's really nice. And that's. The first thing you do when you get to Fountainhead Palace, right? Yeah, it's like, what? Okay, so so pretty much where I'm at now, I did the fully screen monkeys. I can go do Guardian Ape, but I think I still might go do a little bit more exploring because I got the gun fort key. So I can open up that I, I can open up that door in the gun fort now. That's the way to the monkey. That's the way to the monkey? Yeah, that's the way to Guardian Ape. Past the Oh, well, well, maybe I already did that then, because I actually have the, slash the idol. Slash dude, plus the slashy slash dude. 
Okay, so I guess I did already do that. Okay, yeah. never mind. Because I'm at the I actually have the idol right outside the guardian ape. So Oh, okay. Well yeah, you've probably already done it then. Okay, so I'm trying to think of what else there is I could do. I don't think there's much at this point. I should probably go get some prayer beads though that are in the water just to go ahead and boost my vit and everything. Yeah, honestly, the prayer beads are probably the most useful thing in the whole game. <laughs> you don't even have to use any skills or any abilities. And most of the time, you don't have to use any prosthetics, although they're really cool. But uh, prayer beads are probably the best thing you can get in the whole game. Yes. And I need to work on those. Ah, crap. I am at the get good part now, aren't I? You definitely are at the get good part. Uh, Uh, The monkey definitely is the get good part. Well, and then after that, I have to go back to Ashina Castle, fight through all the... Oh, you can the new the new enemies there. <laughs> well, there's also a second monkey fight if you. It's optional for you though, but oh, I will beads. do it because it gives you a prayer bead. Two. <laughs> yeah, the two because his wife comes in. Yeah, or son or whatever. <laughs> but I've actually heard that that's actually kind of. Uh, some people say that that fight's actually easier than just fighting the guardian ape outright by itself. I think it was like one attempt for me or something. It was surprisingly easier. Because you can just toss down a firecracker and then like the second monkey's posture just goes off the charts and you can take it out in like five hits. I never even touched the second monkey, so I have no idea how that works. (laughs) You didn't? didn't, It's not aggressive enough, really. (sighs) Yeah, I focused on the one and then when it died, the other one died automatically. So Yeah, I will say I might go do some stuff with the giant serpent because I did do the the puppeteer skill yeah. on the oh, the one guy and, and, and raise the kite. <laughs> well, you can still get the return ending. You just have to find the infested scroll on the, the pool. Yeah. You'll find it. Just look it up online. <laughs> I, I can't really Pretty. describe where it is. Yeah. I don't know which ending I want to go for. Uh, all of them. Why not? Just, you just, yeah. uh, right after you kill the last boss, right? You can just pause and save the game. <laughs> yeah. And then you can just immediately upload it to PS plus. And then just keep re-downloading that save to get all three endings. That's what I did. I don't care. You're like, I want the achievement. Yeah, I'm not playing through the game three times like that. Goodness. To get the same, do the, all the same stuff. So even as much as you like the game, you're not going to go through and play it that much time? That many times? Uh, Well, if I buy the PC version, I'll play it again. Man, you really like the game to buy it that uh that many times. I think I bought every Souls game twice. Probably. Well, I bought the first one like four or five times, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought uh, the Prepare to Die, and then I bought Dark Souls 2, and then I bought the Skull of the First Sin edition, then I bought it for PS4, <laughs> I bought Dark Souls 3, <laughs> then I bought it for PS4 for some reason. I don't even know why. Well, I think it was to play co-op with you, right? Yeah, and you, and you never played with me. Oh! <laughs> And then I bought Bloodborne, and then I couldn't buy it again because there's no other platform to buy it for. But hey, we played that one together. Yeah, we did do that. We have, it's all recorded on the Theology Gaming YouTube channel. Yes. Oh, okay. We were going to talk about the story a little bit, right? Okay, yes. Real quick, we can yeah, do that. Real quick, uh, not in depth, because I think people are still figuring out like the little details and such. Okay, so... But like weird questions like, who the heck is the Interior Ministry, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to explain this. This makes more sense to me than will most people. Okay. So this takes place during the Sengoku period in Japan, which is a period of civil war. So from like 1200 to like the uh, 1650s, right? Okay. Japan's basically in like a period of constant civil wars in his uh, 
ruled by what amounts to a military dictatorship. It's called the shogunate, right? Because the head of the, the shogunate is the shogun. The shogun is a hereditary military dictator sort, right? So it's him and his okay. family are always in charge, et cetera, et cetera, right? So this game takes place during the Sengoku period. So in the beginning of the game, you see Ishin Ashina, right? Him and the uh, the people who live in Ashina rebel against the shogunate, right? And they establish okay. their own little uh, fiefdom. So in the Sengoku period, there's like 50 or 60 of these clans, right? And they all kind of carve out their own little part of Japan because the shogun is shogunate's really weak. And so you have like 50 independent military leaders that are all vying for dominance of Japan. And so the Ashina are kind of like their own, their own set. So the other thing about this game is that they don't really explain this very well, but um, so they have the Buddhist monks, right? You okay. The Buddhist monks there. So the Buddhist monks there, Buddhism is the state religion of Japan at this time. What is <sighs> unique about Ashina is that they are basically what amounts to heretics. So they worship the a a god, right? This uh, okay. divine dragon, and they worship the the fountainhead waters, right? Which is like the source of life. It's basically what amounts to being pagan inside of a a Christian like land. Hmm. So like they're their own separate religion, and that's partly why the Ashina um, tried to win their own independence, right? Is so that they go worship freely this like in this weird religion. Huh. Yeah, which is uh, originated, of course, with the Dragonair, and the Dragonair is part of the religion because it holds the dragon's power, which you'll see later, right? Yeah. The, the divine dragon, right? <laughs> yeah, that boss actually looks like fun. Yeah, but anyway, this is it, it's all coming to a head, of course, for you, right? Because you're gonna be going to the Fountainhead Palace, where the kind of the base of the religion is, right? All the high priests and such. <sighs> okay, and so that the makes your ministry, sense. which is better defined in Japanese as the shogunate is basically coming in to wreck you guys because <laughs> you're, uh, you know, heretics. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's not the only reason. The other reason is that the... I'm, I'm not sure when exactly in the Sengoku period it's supposed to be taking place, but at a certain point, there's a few rulers that basically just kind of take over Japan. And eventually, they're just like, you know, cleaning up. Yeah. So that's part of it, right? Uh, the Ashina could only resist the outside forces of the actual government of Japan. Not, not they can't do it forever. So that continually, okay. what's happening in the game, right, is that Ashina keeps getting attacked by the shogunate and they resist, but they're losing forces over time. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, and this is why Genichiro is trying to take advantage of the rejuvenating waters, right? Because he he wants Ashina to rise again and all that stuff, and this is why he kills himself. And resurrects uh, Ishin so that he can help him uh, conquer Japan. Okay, that makes sense. See, yeah. I did not pick any of that up. <laughs> I know, it's really hard to pick up, right? <laughs> Unless you were so, familiar with the time period. Because I did not, I didn't realize that. I was still like trying to figure out, like, I knew that the dragon's heir had like the immortality and a lot of people wanted immortality. And that's what was, they felt was corrupting men is because they were, you know, everyone wanted that, that power. And then the monks like kind of betrayed their ways to seek immortality. Yeah. Everyone in Ashina basically abandoned the old ways. And obviously they were paying the price for it because obviously everything is being corrupted or they're, you know, 
people are dying and they're all like you know, or you got like the centipede creatures. I really can't explain that one, but okay. I was gonna say, is the centipede creatures like? Is that just kind of like? I don't know if it's related not- to the corruption of the uh, the dragon rot or the divine dragons. I think it's a separate thing, but it's not really well explained. <laughs> okay, I'm sure there's okay. a lore book somewhere that will explain this. Well, that actually cleared a lot of things up for her. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it becomes. In- I was like, wow, this was really cool because. It's because uh, I think Ishin says this after you beat Owl, if you interrogate him a bunch. Yeah. He'll talk about how it's like, they won't let us worship as we want to. They call us heretics, etc. Uh, okay. So I didn't really get to that point yet. I didn't realize that they were, like, that was the the issue. Yeah. I think the translation also doesn't really help because what the heck is an interior ministry? Like, that makes sense in J- Japanese, I bet, but it doesn't here. Yeah. Or like uh, Sword Saint, which is also really a bad translation of what it is. It's supposed to is be it like, really? It's like Ishin Kensei, which is like martial arts master. You know what I mean? It hmm. was a title that was uh, dictated to uh, an extraordinary warrior, right? It literally is translated Sword Saint or Sword Master or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. One other like story-based question okay. is I know a lot about this game somehow. I don't know. Why. So I watched all this and we were kind of talking about this beforehand, but for in case anyone else has this question, how do you make the connection in the game? Like, is it alluded to of how the sculptor was the demon of hatred? <laughs> okay. So the Shora thing, uh, people becoming like the God of war and like killing people at random. I, I'm not really clear to me because it's insinuated that um, what's his name? Uh, Sikoro, Wolf, whatever. He also yeah. becomes sure there's a whole ending devoted to it. But uh, I I don't really get it yet, and I'm sure someone will explain it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can Google it. Maybe it'll make more Cause, sense. Because the only thing I saw when I was watching the videos and everything is that around this point in time, like near the end, is you go to see the sculptor and he's not there, yeah. and then. You just go and fight him, and then, like, as you kill him, you know, like, he says, you know, he wants you to, like, defeat him, and he says, thank you, Wolf, and you're like, it ends up that that was the sculptor. He was the demon of hatred. And I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there like, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, what am I missing there? Like, how did he get to that point? Okay, so basically, Shura is, like, um, God of War. It's Buddhist demigod. Best way to explain it in this game, I guess, is that there are certain people that are so good at killing, they become, like, a what do you call it? enraptured with it, and then they turn into the Shura. So uh, Sekiro, there's a whole ending, right? Sekiro becomes yeah. the god of war. And when you kill Emma, and then you kill Ishin, and then he kills Owl also in the end. Yeah. <laughs> and then he becomes the Shura, and it tells you that he basically turns into it. And I guess the, um, the sculptor also explains this to you. This is why his arm gets cut off. Ishin literally cuts off his arm to prevent him to be- from becoming the Shura. Huh. And it's why he carves all the Buddhas, the Buddhas, right? It's why he always talks okay. about, like, I'm trying to carve the Buddhas, but they only come out wrathful. I mean, yeah. there's, like, little hints here. Okay, I think probably from what I'm gathering, too, is I need to give him sake. <laughs> yeah, if you <laughs> to learn some hear, of stuff. You can't hear all the dialogue from everybody in one playthrough, but if you give them sake, usually you'll get some stuff. Maybe I should start giving people sake. Yeah, I, it, it literally, uh, Sekiro becomes the demon of hatred if you get the sure ending. Okay. It says like something like a demon lurks the land after they kind of explain what happened. Yeah, because when that happened, I was like, I'm like, I'm like, I missed a lot of things in here. 
yeah, lore wise, <laughs> it's um not really well explained why it happens. Yeah. So I I don't know. Uh, maybe Vadi or some other Dark Souls YouTuber will explain it better. But I I really don't get why it's happening. But it's a thing in the yeah. Universe. Well, that kind of clears that up a little bit. Yeah. Well, as much as I can clear it up from what I know. Yeah. Yeah, and probably seems like something that I need to do a little. Uh, yeah. Same. Way I'd probably need to lose research yeah same way like uh the iron code thing i'm like what the heck is the iron code what is it well okay (laughs) (laughs) do explain so they kind of explain this at the beginning of the game right because there'll be a when you get to the decision point between the short ending and the other three endings yeah to you know uphold the iron code or betray what the heck is the iron code right and i guess the iron code is um basically it's at the beginning of the game right it's kind of referred to he tells, like, uh, what is it? Right at the beginning cutscene, he tells, like, Sekiro, he goes, you have to follow the Iron Code. He tells him that's what the Shinobi Code is. I don't know if it is, right? doesn't seem like it would be, because you find out later, it's basically, your father comes first and your master comes second. Hmm. So when he tells him to obey the Iron Code, he means for him to follow his orders and, like, snatch Kuro for himself so that they can rule Japan. Ah, uh, so that's what the owl wants, then. Yeah, and he's the one who's, I think... It's heavily implied, anyway. He's the one who stabs Sekiro in the... Uh, yeah, in Lady Butterfly's thing after you beat her, right? Yeah, and uh, that part is unclear to me how that fits into his plan. I guess it's so that he can fake his own death? Yeah, because from what I've seen, is like that also doesn't make sense, because then you go when you go back to Harada, you go down there and fight him. It's like, you do some of the same stuff over again. Oh, so the second memory? Because you fight like the drunkard again, but then he's got a vile hand next to him, and you make your way down to Lady Butterfly, but instead it's Owl. Yeah, it's um, I'm not sure about that. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like malleable memories. Like it's not exactly what happened. It's more like a kind of perceived whose memories they are. It's unclear who they are. <laughs> but I think the second one is just meant to be like confronting your father, sort of thing. So still kind of weird stuff in the game. There's a lot of things that are not like 100% explained. It's, you know, like Souls. But I, I think the answers will become a little clearer maybe when I get the future press guide. Oh, are you getting that? Yeah, it comes out next... They delayed it like two weeks to add like 50 pages or something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so I, I assume there's some lore stuff in there. Hopefully uh, that'll help. And then I'll have frame data too, which is nice. So... All in all, what would you rate this game? Uh, I don't even know what I'm going to rate it, but I have been slowly writing a review. So you are writing a review on it? I am writing a review, and I guess we'll know what my score will be when it comes out. Does it get a perfect score? Uh, Maybe. Just writing about it is hard, because I have feelings about this game, but I'm not sure how to describe it. I, I like it. I don't like it as much as Dark Souls. I like it more than Bloodborne. But I still even think out of how I haven't bought many games this year and played many of them. It's probably still not the top game I've played this year. I know that saddens you. It makes me sad. But you know what? Different strokes for different folks. You know, yeah. I guess like it's it's good. It is a good game. But it's still probably like middle tier for me right now for releases. Also, it having a bad, not a great translation, I guess, doesn't help. There are some things that don't make much sense. Yeah. Especially like I can, Like I explained it to you and it made sense, but 
Like yeah, the, the interior ministry always, it was like, what are they talking about? Yeah. I'm sitting here and I was watching. I was like, I'm like, saw some like ministry dousing powder. I'm like, what? I'm like, who's a, who's a ministry? Yeah. They, they're just things that are just not very clear. And I think partly it has to do with translating things. You know, it's probably a bunch of guys were translating it or Activision and it didn't quite come out right. But, and I'm sure even like, listen, did you, are you have a Japanese on or English? Oh, I'm Japanese. Okay, good. Good man. I'm doing I'm doing uh subs. <laughs> it's the best way to play, man. Well I heard the English voice acting and ugh. <laughs> people like people streaming the game have it on and I'm like, I can't watch this. Like it seems so out of place. Like I'm sitting there playing the game with my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm like this like this game almost seems like it has to be played with the Japanese voices because it just fits. It's like you're watching a Japanese movie. I, I when I heard the English voices, like, oh my goodness, I'm glad I, I made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, it's a samurai movie. It's supposed to look like one, right? Yeah. I mean, they even got the moon and everything in the, like the first time you fight Jenny Chiro, which I will say <sighs> I did on New Game Plus, and I beat him. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Hey, so. this has been an exhaustive podcast. I think uh, we've said everything we we're gonna say about this. All in all, it's still probably a good game. So. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, the Theology Gaming Podcast about Sekiro, the game where you murder lots of people. <laughs> and be a cool samurai. Yeah, be cool. It'd be really Shinobi. cool. And then also have, like, a hammer that comes out of your arm. Yes, and an axe. And an axe. And an umbrella. And an umbrella. And uh, knives. <laughs> and, and a finger whistle. <laughs> and a whistle. <laughs> the thing I never used the whole game. Huh, it supposedly works pretty well on certain things. Yeah, on the eight man. I'm sure it works and also, I think on one of the vile hands that summons the wolves, you can use it to oh, yeah. confuse the wolves. You can also use malcontent on the demon of hatred and get like stun him for a little bit. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's guess I'm gonna have to try these things. <laughs> <laughs> See, weird things you didn't know. See, this is like a Souls game, all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> anyway, I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, I think we've I think we've reached the point. I think we've said all that we need to say about. Exhausted. All right. Well, this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you like what you heard uh share subscribe like put it on social media all that stuff if you liked what you heard and you want to see some other stuff go to theologygaming.com i write stuff sometimes if you want to talk to us about this or some other stuff go to our theology gaming facebook group did i miss it i don't think so okay well thanks for listening and see you guys later bye bye